This episode of Solar Stories is produced by Mouth Media Network and presented by Solar. There are certain like people I follow and they're working with a brand and it's so obvious and they say it every single day and I don't care anymore because I just I like am irritated by hearing about the same exact brand just because they're getting paid. I am like, I don't want to do that. So if you want to work with me, I'll post five times a month, like minimum, maybe a few more. But I really try to think about what people are going to listen to and, and look like, are they swiping you know, I can, you know, you can see the analytics of people who drop off after a story. And I feel like people stay on more because it's, they're not hearing about the same thing all the time. A lifelong dream to become a hairstylist leads to a decision to go to culinary school, then fashion school, all while being an active style blogger. For Batsheba Weinstein, the journey may have been necessary to get to the destination. Coming up, why research is such an important factor if you want to take your blogging seriously, the importance of keeping content fresh, working with brands on your own terms, why it takes a rough five-year grind to build out your brand as an influencer and make it a career, and how Batsheva's religion and cultural background affects how she approaches her blog and her personal brand. I'm George Manley, and you can find Batsheva on Instagram at Sunnies and Sangria, and her story on this episode of Solar Stories, the art and business of influence. Well, Batsheva, so nice to see you. So nice to finally meet you. Yes. Um, thank you for coming in today and being a part of Solar Stories. Yeah, thank you for having me. Excited to be here for my first podcast ever. <laughs> Which is surprising to me because you do a lot of recording on your social channels yeah. and you're so comfortable in front of the camera. Um, a, I'm surprised you haven't uh, been asked before, but also I'm surprised that you haven't like I know. done these yourself. I know, I need to. So Solar Stories is really a celebration of you. It's uh, an opportunity to dig a little deeper um, into who you are as a person, um, uh, tell any stories that maybe you haven't told before to your fans or to anybody on any of your public formats. It's also an opportunity to, because uh, a lot of our listeners are actually um, people who uh, want to be influencers or people that want to, um, you know, have it be uh, another means of income or an opportunity to sort of brand themselves online and and to learn from people that have developed really strong followings like yourself is really important to them. Um, and so any tricks of the trade or anything that you do um, that you find really valuable that you would like to share, I think would be well received. For sure. Um, so where would you like to start? Do you want to tell a story? Do you want to talk a little bit about? Um, let's, I would say start about my, I guess, my journey where I started from, yeah. my background. Yeah. So my lifelong dream was to be a hairstylist growing up. Yeah. I loved everything about hair, the creative part about it. I wanted to work on movie sets and runway shows. Um, they had these like random hairstyle magazines that nobody else bought, but I did. Like what? I don't know. They Are were they called like produce? hairstyles, you know, <laughs> and it had like a bunch of really odd looking hairstyles that I thought was really cool. Um, and I, so in high school, like college was not a priority priority to me at all. I knew I wanted to go to cosmetology school and that's what I would do. So 
when I graduated high school, I was 17 because I had skipped a grade and my mom or my parents, I should say, thought I was a little too young to go to cosmetology school. So I took like a gap year and I went to a kosher culinary school because I'm Jewish Orthodox. And I did it with my mom, actually, believe it or not. And it was it was great. I really enjoy cooking and being in the kitchen. Uh, but it wasn't like a lifelong dream to be a chef or anything. But I did work in a restaurant for a few months as a sous chef in the kitchen, Whoa. which was an experience. Learned lots of curse words. <laughs> did you get paid or were you staged? No, it was just like an internship. Um, they tried hiring me, but I was like, I'm going to cosmetology school. I don't want to do this. Uh, it's a really intense business. And whoever's in the culinary industry, I really give you a lot of kudos. So it's really high strung and just not something I like to cook at home. That's where I'm, I'm happy being. Um, so I went to cosmetology school. I really loved it. And when I graduated, I got married right after. And I moved to Israel with my husband. He was studying there. So I worked in a hair salon. In Israel. In Israel, which was a totally Tel Aviv new. Or um, in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a total it was right across from Mamila Hotel, which is one of like the most famous hotels in Jerusalem. So we had mostly international clients that were coming in and staying at the hotel. And I realized that I did not like salon life at all. It was not for <laughs> me. It was very repetitive. Um I just didn't find like it was going to the same place, which is where I learned like I don't like a nine to five kind of job. And um, I also realized that, you know, when I moved back to New York a year later, that if I wanted to be in the hair industry, like I needed to be available on Saturday. And because I um, celebrate the Sabbath, I can't work on Saturday. So I was like, okay, I need to figure out what I want to do. Because I can't do – I mean, I can do hair, but not in the way that I want to. So I need to figure out something. So I guess my message here is don't be afraid to try out different things. A lot of people message me like, you know, I'm doing this right now and I saw that you switch your careers like five times, you know. (laughs) What's your advice? And I'm like, just like you're young or regardless of how old you are, just go for it. Like you're never going to regret trying something new. Everything that I've done, I've learned from. I can do my own hair. I can do other people's hair. I know how to cook. Um, Like, you know, I have creative. uh, I learned about different creative things and colors and all those things. Like, I don't regret anything at all. And just go for your dream. Like, don't be afraid to change your mind as you grow up. Because something that you wanted when you're younger, you might change your mind and want something different. And that's okay. So that's something that I try to push a lot. Like, don't be afraid to change. And... So I got back and my mom at the time had started a shoe company, Julia Hart, and she was a stay-at-home mom, so she's also my role model. Yeah, you know, she that, sounds yeah, pretty ambitious. Yeah, she was, she's now um, – well, her little backstory is that she um, was a stay-at-home mom. Like when I was younger, she was a teacher and when I got married, decided she wanted to go back into the workforce and she started her own shoe company and then she did a collaboration with La Perla, the mm-hmm. like lingerie brand, and yeah. they were had just gotten into ready to wear and accessories. So she did a collaboration with them, and they loved her so much that they brought her on as a creative director. What? And then she recent like she brought in Kendall Jenner, and she designed her dress for the Met Gala two years ago. 
That's so, amazing. yeah, she's really cool. And she recently, well, she left La Perla last year, and she was just named the CEO of Elite Modeling Agency. What? Yeah. <laughs> and she was doing nothing. She was stay-at-home mom. Stay at home. I mean, she's obviously. I shouldn't say nothing, but she had no yeah, like professional. She, no career. profession. No college. <laughs> I don't want to say for a no second nothing. that being a mother and all of that yeah, is not for sure. a lot of work. A lot of yeah. work, definitely. Um, so she has been, like, you know, my role model. Doesn't matter whatever age you are. If you want something, you can have it. If you work hard enough, you know, she works her ass off, but she is really going places. That's amazing. We yeah. should have your mom in. You should have my <laughs> mom in. She, she like is all over the place, but maybe I can ask her. Yeah. That'd be cool. Or we could do a, a mother-daughter. Yeah, mother-daughter. That'd, That'd be, be so fun. Uh, so she had started her shoe company. So I figured, you know, maybe I'll go into accessories. That's a cool, you know, it's creative. Um, so I went to FIT as a non-matriculated student and I took accessories design classes and jewelry design. And I realized that I did not like jewelry design. It's extremely technical and tiny little itty-bitty details. And accessories was a lot of fun. Um, I right now like really promote on my platform that if you have a nice bag or a nice pair of shoes, you can wear H&M and Forever 21 and you can look like a million bucks. Absolutely. So I, I feel like accessories really makes your outfit and you can invest in something that like a nice black bag that will last you 15 years. You that's know, the other. Yeah, that's a you good know, You point. don't have to do trendy, but a nice accessory will take you really far. Right. So that's why I was very attracted to accessories because I think they really change the way people look and their outfits and everything. As you sit here in a beautiful Balenciaga sweater. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly you like clothing as well. I do like clothing, <laughs> um, but I definitely – Personally, like I'll mostly wear H and M, Shein, um, ASOS. Like people are like, but like the quality, and I'm like, I'll wear it for a season because I spent like fifteen, twenty bucks on it, right. and then if I don't want to wear it, I'll be okay. And I apologize to all the fast fashion, you know, activists out there who are totally against it, and I completely understand. I just don't have like I can't afford to not use fast fashion right um i hope that they make it more accessible uh to people and that they change their styles because a lot of the ethically um i don't know what the right word is but well the main objection to fast fashion is that they are copycats well they're 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 huge well right but let Remember, the entire fashion industry is right. a giant polluter, like designer brands included, um, because there's so much waste in right. production. But the designer brands are authored goods, right? They have designers right. behind them, and there's a lot of creative authority that goes into the production of those collections. Right. And then the fast fashion brands tend to knock them off, drive it to volume, and you right. know, sort of steal the That's idea. That's why I use it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're on trend. Totally. Yeah. For sure. Exactly. For trendy things, I'm all, I, I will go for the cheap stuff. Like sometimes, you know, like a night accessories, got this as a gift. And, um, but yeah, I definitely think that you can wear, you don't have to wear expensive clothing. People ask me all the time, like, you must have so many clothes or spend so much money on your clothing because right. you're a blogger. And I'm like, no, like, I don't shop expensive. I don't shop expensive clothing. And I, you know, if I do get a trendy item, I make sure to keep it in really great condition so I can resell it on the real reel or something. 
So I try to be smart about it, and I am not one of those. I love the real real. The real real, yeah, absolutely that's awesome. love them. I think they're one of the coolest retailers out they there. They are, right and now. they have, and I've tried sending them things, and I know that like their quality is really great because if they like see like a thread out of place, they oh, will yeah. send it back to you and be like, no, not yeah. acceptable. Yeah. So I really trust the quality and everything from them. So I'm fine with you know buying something trendy if I know I can resell it later. Can, can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. When you sell something on the real real, because I've never done yeah. it, do you set the price or do they? They set the price. Okay. And then you have the option. Like I've taken some things back from them because they would lower it so much for a sale. Yeah. And then you don't get you get very little money. So like I've oh, taken so they're it back. in control of they're in control of the when price. When it gets but, marked down. Yeah, but you can then decide to you take it out. Yeah. So cool. what a great model. Yeah, no, it's really great. And like once you send like them a certain amount of products, your commission goes up. Cool. So we were talking about what I consider to be the new norm, which is that you've had a lot of different careers you've tried oh, out. Yes. But actually, do you ever you. watch Game of Thrones? Of course. <laughs> so it, it reminds me of that last scene with Theon Greyjoy where uh-huh. he turns to Bronn and he's like, I'm sorry for all the things I did. And Bronn's like, Everything you did brought you to where right. you are today. For sure. Yeah. 100%. And that's true. I yeah. completely agree with that. And and even when I had started my blog and I'm like, you know, I don't know how this is, you know, what's going to happen, if something's going to come out of it. But I'm like, regardless, like I learned about website making. I now understand social media marketing. I know how to take a good picture and edit things. Like I learned so much. Just networking um, being comfortable in front of the camera, all those things have really, I don't think I would ever regret the things that I have learned, even if, you know, five years from now I'm doing something else. Right. So I feel the same way. Go after your dreams. Good, bad, or indifferent. Everything that you've done in your life equals what you are today. Exactly. And if you're happy with who you are today, nothing, you, you should have no regrets. Right. Right. Yeah. I never have regrets. Just don't, don't look at life like that. That, that's my big – I got married really young and people are like, do you regret getting married so young? And I'm like, I wouldn't recommend people getting married so young. But, you know, that's what happened to me and thank God it worked out. But that doesn't mean I'm going to tell someone else to do it. But I would never say, oh, my God, I regret marry, getting married so young. Like don't live with regrets. Think of them as journeys that you went on and where they brought you to. So you have an Insta husband who's a real husband. <laughs> yes, I have an Insta husband who is a real husband. Exactly. <laughs> and and uh, when did you guys move back from Israel? We moved back in 2014. Mm-hmm. And, and what what caused you to move back? We just wanted to go. We were just there for a year. Mm-hmm. So he was studying there for a year. I worked there. It was really great because we were in Europe, so we got to travel a lot like it's it was like flying to Florida going to Spain you know it's that's amazing. why I, w- I wish I uh, you know lived in Europe for a little bit just so I could travel around Ditto. well you do a lot of traveling I though. do yeah. yeah thank god I do a nice amount of traveling but being near different countries and cultures that it's just like a little little hop on a train and you're in a totally new place I know it's amazing you know going to New Jersey yeah. <laughs> is another culture <laughs> I guess so sure I mean when you go from Long Island to New York uh, to New Jersey you're really in three is, different countries <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> that is true it's just not as exciting <laughs> right right um so uh what got you into blogging yeah so I took the classes 
at FIT for accessories design and jewelry design, I decided that I wanted to go into accessories design. Now, I had like no college background at all. I never took an AP class or anything. So I really needed... But you skipped a grade. I skipped a grade. you were obviously very bright. Um, Yeah, I was fine. But I just like had never... I didn't have any credits at all. So I needed to really start from square one. Got it. So I needed to get into the FIT program. And if anybody out there, I get messages, how do I get into FIT? I do recommend if you're coming as a continuing education student or you don't have any any pull at all, like taking a class there first and getting to know a professor that's in your department. And it's just good. It's really it was a good, good, connect, really good connection. Yeah, because yeah. one of the professors that was on the board, I took his class and my portfolio that I submitted was all the work I did in his class. So that definitely <laughs> helped. Because yeah. it's not FIT for the design programs. It was really competitive to get into. Right. So, also gives you a chance to try it out because yeah, you may sure not you like, like it. it. It's exactly. expensive. It's, it's yeah. extremely intense. Right. Yeah, exactly. They have, like offer summer classes and nighttime classes. So take a class. Make sure you like it if you're going for design. And then just like make a connection with a teacher that's always really helpful. Email them. Hey, I'm applying. Look out for my portfolio. Yeah. Really Um, smart. Yeah. So I got into the accessories design program, but I, because I, it, you can only apply to the program once a year Mm -hmm. and I had missed the deadline. So I instead went enrolled in my community college. Also a shout out to community college. There's nothing wrong with going to it. It's awesome. I went for a semester too. That's awesome. My brother went to community college for his associates and transferred to Columbia and saved himself a lot of money. Right. And he'll graduate with a degree from Columbia. So nobody cares. (laughs) Nobody cares. It is harder Uh, sometimes to finish college in four years if you you switch. Yeah. No, definitely. You have to be really on top of it and be the top of your class if if you're coming from a community college. But a lot of them see where your community college will transfer to. And you can end up going to an Ivy League or a really great college and save yourself so much money from getting your associates right near you, yeah. which is really cool. So I did a, I did two semesters at my community college and transferred, made sure that the class that I was taking would transfer into the program. Right. And then I started out with a lot of extra credits because I had already done a year of college, so to speak, with That's just fantastic. like core classes. Yeah. yeah. So, Get all the boring stuff out of the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just focus on the design stuff. So I went to FIT, started there. I did two years. I got my associates in accessories design. I loved it. And I was off for the summer and I had an internship. And it was good. Like I, I love the design aspect, but the like working for a company or a brand for accessories design is a lot of work and you get paid nothing. Mm-hmm. And I was like... Where did you intern? Um, so I did by my mom's company, yep. Julia Hart and Roma Hadley, which is like <laughs> And a she man. paid you nothing <laughs> or very little. Uh, I'm saying good, like, good for no, her. when you graduate, <laughs> yeah, when you graduate, like starting salary for accessories design is between 30 and 50K and you're wow. working insane hours. My friend was working at Tory Burch and yeah. she was working nonstop and really making very little money. So I was like, I don't know. On Is this something – yeah. I talked to uh, Tori Birch's ex-husband last really? night. Really? How was that? Yeah. Good. <laughs> no, I mean I heard her speak and she was really inspiring. Yeah, she's amazing. So – but it They're just like – They're both amazing. Yeah. But in the design world, 
it is definitely um it's really cutthroat. Like the people who are in it really are such diehard fashion people that like they live and breathe fashion. And I realize I don't live and breathe accessories. And is this something that I want to do? Again, back to the back to the big question. So I was like, you know what? I had always posted on my Snapchat the things that I was making, my shoes, handbags, belts, like the patterns and how I made it. So I was like, with you know the intent of building an audience, not or at just, all. with just like my like ten friends on yeah. Snapchat. I was not in <laughs> social like media a, a group at text. all. <laughs> exactly. It was like I had, you know, I was not into social media. My private Instagram account had a picture a year, basically. <laughs> no social media at all. But I would, I would just share. Never my face, only my work. Very private. So this was like a whole new ball game for me when I decided, you know, what, let me start a blog. So I had the summertime. I was doing a very part-time internship, and I was like, let me just go for it. So my original thought process was to have a behind-the-scenes of the fashion world, Mm -hmm. like show – because people thought it was interesting what I was working on. I would show them how you take a pad or a design, make a pattern, make the bag, and then how it goes into production. Yeah, that is interesting. my original. But I wanted to make my blog lifestyle because I always – I like to do things and I like to travel. And people always ask me for my itineraries or how would you find out about that event going on? So I decided to write a monthly things to do in New York Post. Every month, you know, research what's going on in the area, different events, fairs, concerts, just really anything that's specific to the month Mm -hmm. and put it in a blog post and share it with people. And Mm -hmm. then I would also do a travel itinerary of a place that I've been to. So that was like the original layout of it and include fashion. So that was a little bit all over the place. How did you – at one point in that thought process, did you decide, well, I'm going to like make this a bigger part of my life and maybe even try and monetize it. Um, and then obviously you came up with a handle right. and a sort of a, a branding around yeah. it. So maybe let's take a break for a second and okay. think about that. And then we can jump into how Perfect. Sunny's and Sangria was born. There we go. Okay. Looking forward. To learn more about solar and to hear more solar stories, Visit solar.com or visit our Instagram channel, solar.hq. But Sheva, you know, yeah. you, you had all these different um, uh, ideas about what you wanted to do for a living. Um, going back to your, your original passion of wanting to be a hairdresser and what I find so authentic about you um, is that you went at each one of those with real like energy and passion and did it for a period, realized there was something about it that didn't quite fit your lifestyle or you period. And then, you know, transitioned to something else. You pivoted. Not only is that the new norm, but I want to know sort of how you found um, or how you ended up becoming um, a blogger who's very passionate about sharing your ideas and, um, giving advice and being helpful. And what I think is often misrepresented about 
and I hate the word influencers, okay. but um, there there isn't a better term. To right. I mean, it. I go yeah. back because some people when they when I see on their Instagram that it says blogger and they don't have a website and they don't post content, I'm like, you're not a blogger, right? You're an Instagrammer, and it right. gets me very upset because That's true. I like spend a lot of time putting content on my website that I have to keep up to date, and there's a lot like saying you're a blogger. And you don't have a website, you're not a blogger. No. You're, you're just not. a person who posts pretty pictures. No offense to everyone out there, but <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth. And if you want to be a blogger, make a website and put out content. Right. Well, that, very, that's, you know, just you that's have sort to of do my, it. That's sort of my point. Like, yeah. you know, in, in the word, the term influencer, influencer sometimes, yeah. especially inside the industry, mm -hmm. has uh, some bad connotations like, right. to it. But um, because, you know, the outside world thinks like, oh, influencers are just narcissists and they, you know, self-promoters and all right. of that. But I really, you know, having met um, you and so many people like you right. that work with solar in particular, I really feel like, um, you know, influencer is the most appropriate term because you are people of influence, For right? Sure. You you guide and you give advice and people can either take it or not, or not take it right. and they can follow you or not follow exactly. you. That's their choice. You're not forcing anything on no. anybody. But But also the fact that you've that you create this content, you take the time and you've garnered a genuine audience. Um, you really are authentic. Like there's right. nothing, you know, fake about that, which no. is sort of the connotation around influencers right. sometimes. Um, so talk about that a little bit. Like, how did you get like to what you're doing now, which you've been doing for yeah. several years now, right? No, um, this July will be two years. Right. So almost yeah. two years. Yeah. Almost yeah, two yeah. Years. So, but you've, you've, yeah, I've been doing it for a long, a long enough period of time that I understand it. So when I start, when I decide in the summer to start my blog in 2017, I did a ton of research. And whenever people message me, how do I start a blog? I'm like, I spent hours, hours and reading through tons of different websites, watching millions of YouTube videos. Like I did my homework, which I think everybody needs to do. Like, you can't just figure it out, you know, and start the next day. Like you need to – if you want to take it seriously, then you need to do your research and and learn about the industry. Mm -hmm. Like you can't just like jump in head first with it. If you want it to be something, if you want to start a personal blog and it just be a cute little thing, go for it. But I do recommend doing your homework. Right. Um, I do have a blogger series on my website with some tips and tricks of how to start a blog. Whenever people message me, I send them the link. It has my information of what I think is important to know. So I feel like that's helpful. Um, that is helpful. Yeah. No, I, I think I, you know, I try to think about like what I wanted to know. Um, and so that summer, sorry, back, getting back on track. Um, I put together the website. I first, you know, I figured out the name ran it by a bunch of people. I wanted my name to reflect my website. So it's Sunny's and Sangria because it reflects the fashion and travel like, um, aspects of it. So Sunny's is the fashion accessory and Sangria is my favorite alcoholic beverage. That's the <laughs> vacation side and travel. Uh, it's a little catchy. Nobody had it. That's also a really big thing. I needed a, you know, a domain name and an Instagram handle that was available. So those are all challenging things to mm -hmm. come up with. Mm -hmm. um, and I just – I went for it. Started posting content for my Instagram the first two weeks. Just my friends followed me and I did practice Insta stories because I had never been in front of the camera ever. 
So and it was, did you ask for feedback? Yeah. No, like I was like, why does anybody want to see what coffee I'm drinking? Like, <laughs> like I don't get it, you know? Um, so it was great to have my friends, you know, give me their feedback. Am I doing well? How many stories should I post? Those kind of things. And then I broke the news on my personal account, which had like 400 followers, and then just started working on it. So you closed down your personal, I'm assuming. I mean, I have my personal. I'm not active on it at all. Um, And I – so I started in July and I went back to school in the beginning of September or end of August. Mm -hmm. And I was there for two weeks. FIT, right? At FIT for my – I was doing my bachelor's program for accessories design. And I realized, like, I don't want to do this. Why? Um, I I felt like I got all the – like all the information I needed about accessories design from my associates. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like it was a little repetitive. The classes I were was taking was a lot of busy work, no offense to FIT, but I just didn't feel like it was necessary for me to continue in accessories design. Mm-hmm. I wanted to switch my major. And FIT is one of the only schools that has something called direct and interactive marketing. It's a bachelor's program, and it focuses on direct marketing, which is, like, what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So I was like, let me go to this major. So I dropped out, lost some money because I did it a little late, and I applied to the direct and interactive marketing program at FIT, but for the next year, Mm -hmm. fall, because they don't do it in the spring. So I was like, I'm just – I'm going for it. I want to be – in the blogging industry. This is what I really like. I'm enjoying it. Um, I still want my bachelor's because I feel like that's just something like people are like, you don't need a bachelor's to be a blogger. And I'm like, that is true. But number one, if I ever do need a steady income, then I can go into marketing or I can go into design. I have so many options available to me. Um, and just Very like, smart. yeah, like you're never going to regret getting a bachelor's. I'm doing it part time. So I'm taking two classes a semester, like really slow. People are like, oh, my God, you're still in school. And I'm like, yeah, I'm still in school. You know, and you're 26, you, right? I'm 26. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, when are you going to be done? I don't know. Eventually. one day. <laughs> <laughs> and you're probably enjoying it more because you're taking your time and you're not stressed out. About exactly. It, I'm not stressed out. Yeah. I can focus most of my time on my cur- like on my current career, which is blogging. And hopefully I'll gain information. I do feel like I have gained a lot of marketing information myself. And when I'm sitting in class with like 19-year-olds and like they don't know anything about the marketing industry and I'm like, I know this. <laughs> do they know who you are? Uh, I've, I've, I've mentioned it, yeah. yeah. So I've gotten cool. some followers from class. Cool. Um, yeah, I definitely – my goal is really to, to reach out to FIT and to talk more about the influencing industry and blogging because they don't talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think it's like, you know, they do need to change the curriculum a little bit to include more social channels and that's huge on marketing. And we're still talking about like direct mail and <laughs> – I mean – I mean, email campaigns are important to learn, but I feel like they they should talk about Instagram and Facebook campaigns and things like that. Well, which... it's also like it's changing almost weekly. Yeah, I mean, you know, Instagram just For launched sure. their um, what's it called? Checkout uh, their direct that you can purchase. Yeah, well, that. not only that oh. you can purchase, but that influencers can start selling 
um, branded product directly on their own Instagram, Instagram on behalf of the brands. Right. And I'd like to ask you about that at some point, but but keep going. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, no. So I just – I realized that it was something that I was really enjoying. So I changed the focus instead of the behind the scenes of fashion um, just to kind of do like monthly fashion posts, um, which I've now – uh, I guess morphed into you know trying to figure out more of a niche market for myself. So now I say I'm um, things to do and what to wear while doing them because mm-hmm. I feel like that really reflects my website and my page. You know, people are like, "Oh, your fa- your page looks really fashion." I'm like, "Cause I get dressed. Like my content is kind of what I'm wearing, but it's also where am I?" So I'm showing you the places that I'm traveling to on my website, you'll be able to see a travel itinerary where I'm going on Sunday with my husband, like what we're doing and what we're wearing. Mm -hmm. So it kind of all ties in together. And I like how when you're traveling, you tend to dress almost like in the theme of the country. I forget where (laughs) it was like Spain or something where you were recently and you had like that cute crop top on Uh, and like that hat. And yeah, yeah, no, it's fun. (laughs) I definitely get much more inspired when I'm traveling than when I'm in New York. Right. I I see that. Yeah. Take a little more chances. Yeah. When I'm in a new country. Um, So that's why. So, you know, I've asked people why they follow me. I try to be very connected with my, um, with my followers because I always want to know what do they want. I always look at other people's accounts and see what I like about them. I try not to post a lot of stories because I know when I go on someone's page and there's like a million little dots, I'm like swiping. Mm-hmm. I don't want to – I don't – it's 15 seconds, but I can't commit to that. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm real. And and I know there are a lot of people that like don't mind like tapping through, but I personally will just skip. Because mm-hmm. it's too many stories for me. Mm-hmm. So I try to be really on top of not put like what I'm putting out there is you're going to gain some value or you're going to feel connected to me or I'm sharing a little insight or motivation, whatever it is, but you're gaining something. It's just not it's not like five stories of the same thing. Um, so that's something I'm really passionate about because I want people to listen to what I'm saying and not to be like, oh, she's talking about that again. Right. And get right. bored. So it, it, it's funny. I've been wanting to do um, a panel for okay. solar for some time yeah. um, with uh, people like yourself who are professional bloggers yeah. and do it as a means of income yeah. and and have you all sort of debate and, and discuss like different ways yeah. of – Yeah, not everyone agrees with me. No, but, I know. Right. But that's why I find it so interesting is yeah. because there are so many different ways to do this. Mm-hmm. Um you know, not everyone builds an audience the same way, right? For sure. Or, or a personal brand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's definitely – I try to look at like what I – especially with um, – I'm currently working with a med spa, mm-hmm. my med spa. And when we were discussing the contract, I'm like, I am not – they're like, we want you to talk about it like a couple of times a week. And I'm like, no. Like if you want to work with me, like I don't post a lot of stories – I don't want people to see my med spa tagged and be swiping because mm-hmm. I there are certain like people I follow and they're working with a brand and it's so obvious and they say it every single day and I don't care anymore because I just I like am irritated by hearing about the same exact brand. So now like just I'm, because they're getting paid. just because they're getting paid and I am like I don't want to do that. So if you want to work with me, I'll post five times a month 
like minimum, maybe a few more. But then when people see it, they'll be like, oh, I wonder what she's saying about the med spa. Maybe right. I'll learn something new right. as opposed to, oh, my God, why is she talking about this again? Right. So I that- really try to think about what people are going to listen to and, and look like, are they swiping? You know, I can you know you can see the analytics of people who drop off after a story, right? And I feel like people stay on more because it's they're not hearing about the same thing all the time. So that's something that I try to focus on as well. Um, well, can I ask you? Yeah. So, at what point did you transition from? Um, Deciding that you wanted to be a blogger and research it and look into it to deciding that you wanted to make a living from it. Yeah. So I realized that – And how did you do that? Yeah. So I realized that this um, platform really gives me the ability to do everything that I love. I can talk about travel. I can talk about what I'm doing. I can talk about what I'm wearing. I can do personal motivation about, you know, woman empowerment and – taking charge of your life and changing your outcome and what's happening. Um, my goal is to one day have my own line of product. I'm mm-hmm. not sure what yet. Accessories? Um, probably accessories. Uh, it's not something I'm working on now. I would say like maybe a few years down the line when I have a stronger following. But I realize that I can really – I can do design and I can do people interactive and I don't have to have a nine-to-five job. I do have to say that – like if you do need a regular steady income, then it's it would be really challenging. Like I'm very thankful that I don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not like relying on my monthly paycheck. Mm-hmm. Like I say, like you in order to really make it in the, this industry, like you really need at least five years. Right. It takes a lot of time to really build your following and for people to trust you right. and build brand relationships. So it's a lot like acting. I mean, you have to audition for yeah, years like, before you actually exactly. get something that pays the bills. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So there are plenty of people. Like I did have a part-time job nannying. I would say like a lot of people have a part-time job. Like people ask me all the time, how do you make money blogging? And I have mm-hmm. to be honest. Like I don't make a lot of money right now. Um, like as I grow, I'm starting to make more. I'm learning how to pitch myself better. Mm-hmm. I can show that, look, like these things are happening because I post about it. Um so it's, it takes a lot of time. So that's why I'm happy I'll have my bachelor's. You know, if I ever do need something steady, I can get a nine-to-five job with marketing mm-hmm. um, or design. And with blogging, there, but there are so many opportunities. Like there's no limit to what you can do in this industry. There really isn't. You can well, go into a million – I feel like you can go into like a million different ways. Like oh, you absolutely. have so many opportunities. And like you're – your um, salary, I guess, isn't capped at anything. That's right. So, which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. It also could be super low, which isn't cool. But, <laughs> but you know, if, if you're successful in it, you can really make a lot more money than you would if you were in a regular nine to five. Right. You know, one of the and you just you just um, mentioned something. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons that we started Solar was because. I, I come from the fashion background okay. and actually I, in one of the solar pictures, um, that, uh, we photographed, you were holding one of our bags, uh, yeah. Buckheimer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's my wife and I own that oh, brand. Wow. Amazing. Beautiful um, leather. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's, 
really difficult to grow a brand and it's yeah. really difficult to um you know, come up with the capital to create the inventory sure. and then to get it out there and to find customers and all of that. But um, what I noticed in the fashion industry and in influencer marketing in general was that um, brands have a hard time deciding, like, what's an influencer worth, right? right? Like, if I give the influencer product or if I pay them or both, right. how does that translate into sales? It's very hard to see. Right. And then from the influencer standpoint, it's like, how do I price myself? Right. You know, what What do I, what, what are the right what terms to ask for yeah. um, that are fair where I can, you know, get what I want out of it and still get the deal, right? Sure. So, I mean, solar is really all about, and I know we're still just getting started, yeah. but- it's really all about like it being completely organic and you can like pick a brand on the app and then, you know, if they accept that and right. allow your product, their products to post to your solar store, mm -hmm. now you essentially have approved each other and, you know, it's up to you to decide. You don't have to post twice a right. month. You can post as often as you want, but it'll give you the ability to sort of make a side income in addition to everything else you're doing, hopefully without right. a whole lot of work. But that's the hardest part, I think, about influencing right. is – is figuring out how to monetize it and to package yourself so that you get a revenue right. out of it. So I, I think it's it's really hard to measure because I've had people who I'll post about something and then a few weeks later they'll message me like, oh, I remember you posting about this. Like, right. can you give me the information? So even if they didn't see the direct sale from that day – that information is in somebody's mind. Right. And then when they need the product, they'll message me or they'll have snapshotted it or they're following the brand now. Right. So it's hard to really measure what what outcome you're going to have. Right. Because I think it is in somebody. And I know for myself, like there are certain brands that I think are really cool and I saw somebody talk about it. I don't need the product or the service right now, but it's yeah. in my head. If I something comes up and I do need that, I'm going to think about that specific brand because I heard about it. Exactly. And the idea is that, or at least for solar, is that uh, like a lot of our beauty um, yeah. influencers – they might do a YouTube video about um, a hair product that they love. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, in real time, their fans will be saying, well, what's that brush that you have? Or what's that right. straightener you're using? Or what's that um, hairspray that you have on the counter? And, right. and what a lot of followers or fans don't realize is that there's so much work in like researching all of that stuff and then disseminating that information yeah. to your fans to say like, here's where I got this. Here's where I got oh this. And it's so much easier if you can just throw it all on your solar store yeah, and just no, be like, go sure. to my solar store. It's all there. You can buy yeah. it. No, that so that, so that's really time. the idea behind it. That's where we're, that's where we're ultimately headed. Yeah. No, I think I love the idea. That's, that's really awesome. Definitely. And like, it's, it, I, from what I understand, you put in your like billing information and everything and you get it directly. You don't have to be redirected to anything. Exactly. Yep, exactly. So we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, I'd love to know what you'd like to do next. Okay, sounds good. So my favorite uh, actress is uh, Rachel Weisz. Mm -hmm. And I've often told my wife, she's the only one I would I would ever okay. cheat on yeah. you with. Yeah. Um, that's your, that's your one person. <laughs> um, but when I was on, uh, a flight, uh, actually traveling to Coachella a few weeks ago, um, there was, I saw a movie, um, and it was about My favorite of oh, the favorite. No, it was about, um, the Orthodox community in oh. London. 
she grew up in a very um a very conservative family in London. Okay. And she was in love with another woman. Mm-hmm. And um and and I don't I don't you know I don't know if your community is is like this is this strict. I don't know how how um religious you are, but right. Um, in this community in London, the, like the men could not touch any other women other than not even hug them, yeah. uh, not even their sisters couldn't, couldn't touch any other. Well, at least that's the way they portrayed it in okay. the movie. Couldn't touch any other women other than their wives. Yeah. Um, and the controversy around it was that she was this like liberal artist, this photographer that left her community to go to New York to become a photographer. And she was also sort of cast out from the community because it was pretty obvious that she was a lesbian and she had fallen in love with a woman. And when she came back, that woman that she had a love affair with as a younger woman had married her best friend who was a guy. And so then she literally was like palling around with her two buddies. Her her father had passed away. It's a really good movie, actually. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll look up. the What's it called? disobedience thank you and and the other and the woman that she fell in love with was rachel mcadams right it really is it's a really i I thought it was a really uh, and it would also be interesting for you to see it to see if there's Mm -hmm. any like truth to the the way they displayed the orthodox community in in london at least yeah but my question for you is and this is not just about your community but also you had gotten talked about a little bit with your husband and sort of wanting to keep some things um uh uh, you know, put boundaries around right. what you do so that you're, um, you're able to have a personal life. Um, is there anything about your religion or your community, um, that, uh, you feel you can't share, um, on your social channels or, uh, along those same lines is, were there things in your community growing up that were uh, a little restrictive for you so that, blogging gave you the chance to sort of express yourself beyond how you feel you can express yourself in your community. Right. I mean, I feel like I definitely like I I just recently actually spoke about this. I didn't actually talk about it. I just typed up a message because I did like my first ask me anything. I had never really done that before. Mm -hmm. Um, I usually I was more of like polling and like Instagram lives. Because, again, I don't like to post a lot of stories, but I'm like, okay, I can do this. Like, I'll post a lot. Whoever's not interested will just swipe over. Was it successful? Um, I think it was. I, like, had, like, one of the most, like, I never really had any short stories shared before. And I got so many shares and, like, replies. (laughs) There you go. That's um, the stuff that people want to talk about. Yeah, no, I'm really happy that I I did it. And it's definitely something I would probably do monthly. I don't want to do it every week because that's too much. But um, maybe, like, once a month do it. Um. And I think it was a little more successful than a live just because people can look at it at their own time and it was short. So like an Instagram live, sometimes like half an hour, not everyone could commit to watching the whole thing, even though people like it because they feel like they can see me. There's no editing. You know, my husband was using an e-cig and I'm like, we did it one together. And he's like, but nobody's on. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like we had just started and he didn't understand that like once you press live, even if nobody's logged on yet. It's still recording. Yeah, you're still alive, right? (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. So I guess – so what I was speaking about – or I got a lot of questions about my religious journey because I did grow up more religious. And whenever I post throwback photos, 
you can tell I'm much more religious than I am right now. So people, that was one of the most popular questions that I got was what was your, uh, you know, asked in a bunch of different ways, but basically what was your religious journey like? So um, I grew up like in the Orthodox community. I went to like, in Brooklyn a, or in um, Rockland County, yep. Muncie. Yeah. And um, well, I actually grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, no I moved, way. Yeah. When I was 11 to New York. Where in Atlanta? Um, in uh, Toco Hills. My sister lives in Brookhaven. Do you know okay, Brookhaven? Okay, no. She works for Spanx. Cool. That's awesome. I loved Atlanta. Yeah, it's, it's great. A cool the town. South is the Little South landlocked. is wonderful. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice. It's like it's like yeah. I wouldn't move back, but I'm happy that I grew up there. Um, then I moved to New York, and um, when I would say like I watch, you know, I had a TV. I watch movies. Um, I wasn't like. You know, I listened to the radio. I wasn't, it you wasn't a super, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I did go to a really religious school and I got married at 19, which is like normal in my community to get married really young. And can I ask you, yeah. was it, was it, um, cause I don't know, this yeah. is more yeah, of a yeah, question. Yeah. Like in certain communities, there's, there's more like families sort of saying like oh this would be a good young man to meet yeah like, so we met on our own okay we good. met through family friends uh when we were 18 well we met when we were 17 like officially started at 18 and then got married at 19 both of us and My did you say 19. like let's get married early because it's normal in our community no, um, or yeah. did your parents say you should get married because... our parents were more like it's time like if you're still if you're you know if you guys really still want to date and like you're for real about this then get married so we're like okay <laughs> which i would not recommend um and i will not have my children do that obviously i don't Why? know it's too young 19 especially for a guy my husband was 19 he's a little baby um we do not have children know, right 19 now year old yeah right? Or like 13 year old women exactly no <laughs> at least like, i was so when i was young. 19 yeah for sure um <laughs> So it's just too young. Yeah. You know, whenever that's like I do think is a problem with the community is that people are pushed to get married so young. Um, obviously, I'm sure my kids will do whatever, but I would not. And when people ask me, I'm like, take some time for yourself, you know. So thank God for us, like we moved to Israel. So we had some time on our own to, you know, we were supported by our parents. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like in the... Um, the secular world, I would say, where like you get married, that means like you're on your own. Like yeah, we were completely, <laughs> yeah, we were completely supported. I was like, it was like living with a with a boyfriend, mm -hmm. kind of, you mm -hmm. know. Um, but and we, you know, were able to travel and do things. We didn't have jobs, like official jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, so those were, things were, were all... are either of you dual citizens? No. Okay, we're so you didn't from... have to do military no, duty no. or anything like that. Got it. Um, so. I would say it's just really like, you know, I don't think there would have been a harm to dating for longer. I'm, thank God, very happy with my husband and he's my best friend. But I do think 19 is just too young to get married. Yeah. Um. So after I got married, my mom decided that she didn't want to be religious anymore. Like a short, short time after. And that was definitely like really like challenging for me to to like, OK, now what? Like. My mom is not religious, and that's how she raised me and everything. Um, so she tried to figure out where do I fit in the puzzle. Um, and something that, like, I learned along the journey was that to respect everybody 
regardless well, or whatever place they are in their religion or just in any place in written in general, but specifically with my community, you know, regardless of what somebody does, like you should love them for the person that they are and not, you know, what laws they follow or what they believe in. So that I'm very thankful for that. And my family, like, we're all super close. My sister's not religious either. Um, and older or younger sister? My younger, I'm the oldest. My younger sister. Um, but we still like celebrate. Like, we just went away for Passover. My mom came. She took us. And even though she doesn't believe in the holiday, it's family time. <laughs> yeah, you know? but like I grew up Catholic and everybody still celebrates, uh, you know, Christmas. Right, right. Even though it's more about Christmas trees. And exactly. Jesus. <laughs> right, right. So, so it's like we don't just because we have. So this is like, I guess, like a big message that I'm going to like write a blog post about, probably do a YouTube video on like my parents are officially divorced is that like you can still have a very happy family life. If your parents are apart or they have like significantly different views on life, like my parents really put us first and um, they co-parent wonderfully and we do Thanksgiving together. We go on vacation together. They're great, you know, and I'm so thankful because just because you have, you know, I tell people if let's say like somebody's struggling with like their marriage or their relationship um, or really anybody that's ever you know, wanted to get divorced and was like, what about my kids? Like my family life is so much happier because my parents are no longer together, but they put us first. They never involved us in any of their differences and we still do everything together. We're super close. We respect everybody's personal choices, whatever they are. And we're able to move forward with that. And I think that's like the ultimate modern family, which, you know, people are like, wait, you guys go on vacation? I'm like, yes, my parents don't share a room, but we all go together and we have a wonderful time and we get along and we're just respectful. And that to me, like, was so special that I that, I, you know, in the moment it was really hard. But looking back, I'm so thankful that it's something that I learned just because I feel like I'm a better person because of it. Yeah. Well, that I mean, to me, that's very Jewish. Um, yeah. I mean, the, I dated a Jewish girl all through college. And to me, the, I grew up Catholic. Okay. I'm not religious anymore. But the Jewish faith is the most inclusive, I feel. Um, like when I would go to her temple mm-hmm. – I mean, keep in mind, I'm coming from a Catholic right, background right. where like priests can't even marry, you know, it's right, crazy. But right. like rabbis to me seemed like such cool, progressive, like people because, yeah. you know, it's, it's, and, and it's also a place where like anybody can walk in and yeah. celebrate. It's not, but I know the connotation around some of the more like, um, exclusive communities, yeah. right? Like some of the Orthodox or ultra Orthodox right. communities is like, there's us and then there's outsiders. And do you feel any of that? Like, is that one of the reasons why your mom and dad are no longer together? Because she's not religious and he is? So I think they just have, like, their different views on, on, like, the meaning of life or whatever the journey of life should be. Um, I definitely feel like there is, you know, you know, when I hear about, like, let's say gays or anything like that being Mm -hmm. excluded from the community, like, that is, it is sad to hear. But um, I guess, like, I'm not, as involved in like the progressiveness of the community enough to like take a stand for it. Um, I definitely have recently 
tried to be more outspoken just because there's so much um, anti-Semitic acts going on in the U.S. that I feel like I do have a platform, so I need to talk about it more, even though it's not something I'm comfortable with speaking about. Um, I like the first time I said anything was when there was the shooting over Passover um, in San Diego. And I was like, okay, like I need to address this because in the past I never did. And I have a platform like people need to be aware like this is not okay. That like a place of worship, regardless of if it's a church or a synagogue or a mass, whatever it is, it's not okay for that to happen. And it's scary that it's going on in our country. So why do you think um, it's going on? Or why do you think it's it's it feels like it's more prevalent now? I don't I mean, I think people the world is just going a little crazy and gun violence is is really taking over and nobody knows how to stop it. So I agree with that. I feel like there's a lot of um, stress yeah. in this world right now, and it's translating in some people's lives as um, as violence. Yeah. Now, I mean, like I had at FIT, we have shelter drills, which is what you do if, like, God forbid, there's you know a shooter in the school, and they do it like, you know, one to two times a semester. And a couple of weeks ago, I got an alert on my phone. I wasn't in school, but it said shelter in place. Like they actually, a student had posted on their Instagram, um, happy Friday, another school shooter. And they put the school on like a shelter in place where like you had to lock the doors. And I thank God they found him and he didn't have a gun. He had like a pellet gun or something, but it doesn't matter. Like that was a thing. And that's just scary that people are growing up with that, that you have like my little I was talking to my nieces and nephews who are like six and seven. And like, this is something that they're used to. They go if you're in the bath, like they know, like if you're in the bathroom, you need to stand on the stall and close the door so nobody can see your feet. And I was just like, growing up, I didn't that wasn't a thing like you had fire drills, right? That was it. Yeah. And now these little kids are being brought up with if there's a shooter in school, this is what you do. And that is just heartbreaking. Oh, my God. Yeah. I grew up in D.C. and our – I mean we had some tough neighborhoods and mm -hmm. you just knew that you stay if away. you stayed away from the drug exactly. dealers, You're okay. you'd, you'd be away from the guns. Yeah. But now it's like anybody could have a gun. Yeah. And even just like I was at uh, over Passover, they have something called the matzo ball. Pretty funny name. <laughs> You have to get dressed up. Uh, no, no, it's like it's like they they take over a few clubs in Miami and they have like kosher for Passover alcohol and everything. <laughs> yeah, it's that's awesome. fun. <laughs> and I was there, and I was just like thinking, you know, like it's scary because even going to a club or sitting in a movie theater, and you don't in Miami. know. Yeah. You just don't know, and that's like such a sad feeling to live with. Or going to a concert, I mean, nobody's safe. So I try not to focus on that because. You know, you then you wouldn't, life, yeah, right? you wouldn't yeah. leave. You wouldn't get in a car. Right. Um, but it just, it is like we do live in a really scary world. So where would you like to go in this world? And how would you like to continue to uh, have an imprint on it? Yeah. Um, I guess I really don't know where I'll be in five years. I don't really like live by, I like to set goals for myself, meaning I want this to be a success. And um, I would love to inspire women coming from my background, coming from the Orthodox community, that you should have something outside of your home, not not 
I, I don't like to say the word just being a mother, but to have because, you know, I can't really judge. I'm not a mom. But to have something for yourself, regardless, doesn't you don't have to be a career woman or have, you know, be making a lot of money. But to have like a little portion that you're making some money for yourself is something that I really would like to inspire women to do because I think it's so important to just have something that you are doing for you without your family. A bit of independence. Yeah, to have independence, exactly. And it doesn't need to be a huge, huge company or anything big. It could be a small little job that you're doing on the side. But to have – to make your own money feels really good. And to be thinking about just yourself for a little bit, you know, once a week, whatever it is, is really important because I think like – Looking back at my mom's life, like she gave us like her all. And I love that I had a stay at home mom. Um, And that's why I like this job also, because I feel like I could be there for my future kids if they have a sick day or vacation. You know, I don't have the nine to five. Um, Like growing up, I always struggled with trying to realize what I wanted to be because I knew I want to be a mom, but I also want a career. So how do I do both? Which I think so many people and so many women struggle with. Yeah. and like this career, I can really do both and kind of, you know, I can work my own hours and all that stuff. So it's kind of like the ideal career. So this is what I want to do. Um, but I think like I just want to be open to opportunities and not be like, hey, this is what I'm doing. I am doing blogging, but be open to different things that come my way because I'm very into living in the moment, taking whatever comes my way, trying to say yes to things that I feel like will make me a better person and further my career and not being like, this is the only thing I'm doing. And if, you know, in five years I decide it's not what I, that's, it's not making me happy anymore, then I'll try something else. Well, I hope that we at Solar can help provide you with some more opportunities. Thank you. Um, you like getting connected with with brands, right? Yeah, definitely. It's funny. I mentioned your name. I was in Cincinnati last week, and I presented to a hundred people at Procter and Gamble. And wow, you were, you were one of the people that really? I mentioned. Yeah. Wow, I feel um, so special. So if they reach out to you, um, give me a shout out. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, that's that's what we would like to. You know, that's what we're here for. Right. We, you know, we want to try and create opportunity and create a mutually beneficial relationship. So yeah. I'd like to do that panel at some point. Would you yeah, like to participate in that? Yeah, I would love to that? be on Great. it. Yeah. Awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun. Well, this has been wonderful. Thank you for your time. Thank I you for I really enjoyed me. hearing your story. Um, I want to talk to you more at some point. I'd love to meet your rock star mom as yes, well. Yes, I will ask her. Yeah. Well, thank you again. And um, I'd love to know how people can get in touch with you. Okay. Um, or uh, how they can learn more about you. So why don't you share your... So my handle on Instagram is at Sunnies and Sangria, S-U-N-N-I-E-S and Sangria. Sometimes people are like Sonies or what is it? Um, and I also have a YouTube channel, Sunnies and Sangria, and my website is sunniesandsangria.com. Great. And um, what are you going to be doing next? I am heading home. To do some emailing, lots of emailing. Today is emailing day. I'm going to reach out to PR people and brands and do some pitching. Amazing. Well yeah, that's done. why I'm dressed like this. Okay. It's been a casual. <laughs> she looks great, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much again. Vacheva. Thank you. That's it for Solar Stories. Thank you so much for listening. Please come back next time for another great guest and another great story on the art and business of influence. I'm George Manley. This is where the story starts. We can't wait to hear yours.
Solar Stories is presented by Solar Inc. You can find more about solar at solar.com. Copyright 2019, Solar Inc., all rights reserved. Thank you for listening.